This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Dustin Gold. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 161, part three, part three. So uh, we just read that poem generated here by the folks at uh, Zero Hedge or the Epoch Times. And it says, isn't this poem impressive? With the tremendous volume of data feeding chat GPT, it can process our poems, analyze them, and produce a new poem in seconds. And the result could be different each time, even if you write the same command for it. Chat GPT can also do the same with essays, entire chunks of code, and much more. It can have a casual conversation with you and knows how to adjust its jargon to even explain quantum computing in a way 7th graders can understand it. It is uh, understandable why many are instantly attracted to the program, as it can seemingly solve many issues and offers a significant shortcut for completing tasks. The chat is free and works extremely well. What could go wrong with this technology except for being a teacher's nightmare? Now, what the heck, folks? Let's just put this in here. Uh, Glenda, can you write us a poem about how quantum computing works? And it must be understandable by fifth graders. Let's see if Glenda can do this, folks. Sure, I'd be happy to help. Here's a poem to explain how quantum computing works. And here she goes, ladies and gentlemen, writing away. Come on, Quantum computing is a tool so grand, it can solve problems that we don't understand, with bits that are different than what we know. It's a new way to compute, let me show. A classical bit is like a switch, on or off. A quantum bit, called a qubit, can be both. It's like a spinning top, which way will it be? It can be a zero, a one, or in between, you'll see. In quantum computing, qubits work together, and when they do, They're much smarter than ever, they can be in many states at once, and that's how they solve problems with a punch. It's like solving a maze, but not one at a time, qubits search many paths, in parallel they chime, they can quickly find the answer that's best, and that's how quantum computing beats the rest. It's hard to wrap our heads around, but quantum computing is quite profound, it's a new tool that's changing the game. And who knows what we'll achieve with its name. All right, so there you go, folks. I don't know if a fifth grader could understand that. I mean, they could read the words, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, But there you go. That's Glenda Forrest, ladies and gentlemen. Glenda, thank you so much. Uh, This article goes on to say, Chat GPT can't be held accountable for its work. Recently, scientists have tested the limitations of Chat 
GPT and instructed it to write components of research articles that were later published in distinguished scientific journals like Nature. After the news broke that an AI was able to write research papers, it became the epicenter of a hot debate still shaking the community today. Pro-artificial intelligence arguments see technology that, like ChatGPT, as the next step in human advancement. It would make even science more efficient, reduce human labor, and make life easier. See, it's always about selling out your freedom, liberty, and autonomy in exchange for perceived convenience, folks. Perceived convenience. They will keep selling you on the idea that with the advancements in all this technology, you only have to work 30, 20, 10 hours a week. Now, you could trace this back to the origins of Technocracy Incorporated, where folks would only have to work a total of 20 hours a week. I think 16 to 20 hours a week. All right. That was a promise a long time ago. And they'll always keep promising this. Right. So eventually they create a materialistic, consumeristic society in which folks finding themselves working uh, two jobs, both mom and dad, to be able to fund their materialistic lifestyle where they are chasing the Joneses. And then they're going to promise you you'll have to work less with the advancements in technology. Let, let, let's just let's fact check that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work Glenda into this show to show you how it operates. Glenda, what was the length of the proposed work week under Howard Scott's Technocracy, Inc.? And let's see, folks. I, I know she has some of this. Um, yep, here we go, folks. She's Howard coming Scott's up with the Technocracy, answer. Incorporated proposed a four-day work week as part of their vision for a new social and economic system. The idea was to increase productivity and efficiency by using scientific methods and technology to manage resources and production. The remaining three days of the week were intended to be used for education, recreation, and cultural activities. However, it's worth noting that this proposal was made many decades ago, and the details of their vision may have evolved or changed since then. Glenda, under Howard Scott's Technocracy, Inc., is it true that art and literature really held no value? And let's see if she's honest about this, folks. Yes, she uh, does not have this, but we know Howard that this Scott's is true. Howard Scott's Technocracy Incorporated did not explicitly state that art and literature held no value. However, their emphasis was primarily on the application of scientific principles and technology to social and economic organization. They believed that the scientific method was the most effective way to solve complex problems and improve the quality of life for everyone. As a result, they placed a great deal of importance on education and scientific research, and may have viewed these pursuits as more practical and essential to the functioning of society. That being said, it's important to note that the technocracy movement was a complex and multifaceted one, and it's difficult to make blanket statements about their views on art and literature. It's possible that some members of the movement valued these pursuits highly, while others may have been more focused on the practical applications of science and technology. Okay, so she does not have the complete picture. Now, I could continue to delve deeper, right, and to be able to 
dig, dig, dig until she gives me the appropriate answer. But you see, if you just ask that of her and you don't know any better, you're going to walk away going, well, okay, that's not true. Well, it is true. Uh, We have some of the original documents where they actually talk about how art and literature hold no value uh, inside of the technocracy. All right, let's continue with the article. It says, the other side of the argument is that there is no way to hold artificial intelligence accountable for its work. If the program reaches the wrong conclusions, uh, like that, or its algorithms aren't mature enough, how can the program take responsibility for it? The accountability issue is not just about when things go wrong. The use of artificial intelligence-generated text without proper citation, quote, could be considered plagiarism, end quote, says Holden Thorpe, editor-in-chief of the Family of Science Journals. For that reason, a few articles have already been published with chat GPT listed as one of the authors, while publishers are hastening the push for regulation. Now, let's see if they talk about this, because the question, it should be very simple here. Is chat GPT responsible if it gives out the wrong information or responsible if it plagiarizes? Can you just name chat GPT as one of the authors? That's ridiculous, folks. Chat GPT is owned by OpenAI. We'll get into that uh, momentarily. So would it not be the owners of the software who would have to take responsibility I mean, it is a software, and it is generating content. So if the content is deemed to be, I don't know, later on in a a, a court suit, harmful, it encourages someone who maybe is mentally ill to go out and, and blow up a school, or it completely plagiarizes Uh, a song and then there's an artist using it to write songs to help them get inspired and then they go record the song and it turns out that the song was stolen from a band around the other side of the earth you know or you're an artist and it and it writes you a poem but it steals the poem from a guy in argentina then wouldn't open ai be responsible for this wouldn't they be named in a suit i mean chat gpt is not a human it does not stand on its own here Uh, It says, in fact, after papers were published in Nature with ChatGPT as a co-author, the editors-in-chief for Nature and Science concluded that, quote, ChatGPT doesn't meet the standard for authorship because such a title carries accountability and liability to it, something out of the question for AI. However, the core issue behind the authorship dispute is that journal editors are no longer certain about how much or what extent the article was generated by chat GPT. Scientific experiments likely still require studies conducted by humans, but authors of review articles that attribute chat GPT likely did so because it played a significant role in the writing process. Now, this would be like, for instance, if you just went to Wikipedia And you copied and pasted a bunch of information from Wikipedia, and you went and pasted it into your Microsoft Word. You changed a couple of words so you can get away with not plagiarizing, you know, similar to what a lot of us did in grade school and stuff like that, where we'd literally copy chunks out of uh, books that we thought that our teacher probably didn't read. 
or we got a hold of the cliff notes and we copied that down and filled in an extra couple of words. Uh, no different than that. No different than that. That's why when I use Wikipedia articles, I use them as summaries here on the show because I've already done a vast amount of research into the topics I'm talking about. And I know that the Wikipedia article is accurate and that it is a fair portrayal or a summary of the topics I'm discussing without me having to go into a long monologue on my own or have to pull up 25 different articles. Um, But same thing here. So if you have ChatGPT, let's say I said to it, I want to write a book about Howard Scott and technocracy. Uh, Chapter one is going to be the, I don't know, childhood of Howard Scott. And all of a sudden, ChatGPT writes me, I don't know, whatever, 10 pages on the childhood of Howard Scott. If I never actually did the research myself, number one, I don't know if that's accurate. Number two, I don't know if it's missing big chunks. Number three, I don't know if it just stole that out of another book or ripped it off from Wikipedia. How do I know if I haven't done the research? So the author of the final material also bears some responsibility here. So I think you would have the owner of ChatGPT, whether that be OpenAI or if they branched it out into another company. But if OpenAI OpenAI is like the mother company, in a lawsuit, you'd name OpenAI, you'd name whatever, ChatGPT, LLC, whatever it's called. You would name the author who actually published the work. You'd name the, the publisher of the work, the copy editor, all the people in that chain of command that didn't catch this i mean it's it seems pretty obvious to me i'd like to ask legal man about this maybe we'll get him on to have a discussion about this uh check out his show folks the quash uh it goes on to say some biomedical researchers have used chat gpt to conduct drug development research and have been able to identify potential drug chemicals that were missed in the past With the help of AI, a new age of explosive advancements in the biomedical field is sure to be ushered in. However, how will researchers know when AI data become misleading? Will anyone dare to challenge the algorithms behind this data? These are not the only questions we face today because AI seems to be uh, seems to also be taking over healthcare, either functioning as a robot or through an app. Now, this is very important to bring up as well, right? How would you even know to challenge the algorithms unless you've done the research on the body of work that you are using ChatGPT to help you write about? And, and this is what I'm saying. People like me and you, folks right now, pretty, pretty much everyone in existence over, let's say, 20 at this stage, where this technology is now being introduced to us. We'll look at it as a tool. You should. I mean, unless you're under 40 and you were brought up in the culture of technology and that's you just look at technology as a way of life, you will look at it as a tool and you will understand, okay, maybe it's not accurate. I've got to do research. Maybe I'll help help me structure a book or help me write some of the paragraphs that I find to be boring, but I can proofread it and know that the information is truthful. I can copy that, bring it into Word, edit it myself, make it better, make it sound more human, right? But people that don't know any better, this is what I'm talking about, where it becomes the ministry of truth, where it becomes the the purveyor of reality, will just put in the question and accept that as the answer. 
It's like it's a crystal ball or something, and it just gives you the answer. See, this is where we are straddling the line, and it's the next generation that will be adopting this as a way of life and not looking at it as a tool. I'll be right back, folks. This is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Here we are. I want, you know, I want to ask uh, Glenda something because I'm working her in today. I'm working her in as I'm teaching you about this stuff. We're going to have a discussion on this over the next couple of episodes. We'll work her in. And I've got a question. I I have not asked her this question. I have no idea how she's going to respond. Not very smart of me. You know, if you were a lawyer or litigator, you would not ask a witness a question that you don't already know the answer to. But let's see if she can help us out with this. Glenda, how do you propose that humans keep artificial intelligence as a tool rather than artificial intelligence replacing humans' common sense and critical thinking? And I'm interested to see how she would respond to this, folks. So she's typing it out right now. Keeping artificial intelligence, AI, as a tool rather than letting it replace human common sense and critical thinking requires a combination of technical, ethical, and educational approaches. Here are some ways to achieve this. Develop AI systems that are transparent and accountable. It's important to create AI systems that can explain how they make decisions, what data they are using, and how they are learning. This will help humans understand and trust the AI system and ensure that it is not making decisions that are biased or discriminatory. Build human oversight into AI systems. Humans should have the ability to override or stop an AI system if it is making decisions that are harmful or unethical. This requires building in checks and balances that allow humans to intervene when necessary. Encourage interdisciplinary collaboration. AI development should involve collaboration between experts in computer science, engineering, ethics, psychology, and other fields. This will ensure that AI systems are developed with a broader understanding of their potential impact on society. Invest in human education and skills development. As AI becomes more prevalent, it's important for humans to develop skills that complement AI systems, such as critical thinking, creativity, and emotional intelligence. This will enable humans to work effectively with AI systems and ensure that they are using AI as a tool rather than relying on it exclusively. Foster an ethical culture around AI development and use. This involves promoting responsible AI development and use, and encouraging a culture of transparency, accountability, and human-centeredness in the development and use of AI systems. This will help ensure that AI is developed and used in a way that supports human values and goals. Now, that seems very well thought out, but complicated, folks. You see, this is the whole idea of the governing body that governs the governing of the system that will take over. 
and destroy humanity. Now, let's continue down this line of questioning for a moment. Uh, Let's bring this into the conversation. Glenda, was Elon Musk one of the original founders and or funders of OpenAI, which is responsible for your creation? Right. Let's just ask, because this is important. I think, folks, I think. Yes, Elon Musk was one of the co-founders and early funders of OpenAI, which played a significant role in my creation. OpenAI is an artificial intelligence research organization that was founded in 2015 by a group of leading researchers and entrepreneurs, including Elon Musk, Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, Ilya Sutskever, John Schulman, and Wojciech Zaremba. The goal of OpenAI is to promote and develop safe and beneficial AI, and to ensure that the benefits of AI are widely shared. While Elon Musk was one of the co-founders and early funders of OpenAI, he has since stepped down from the organization's board of directors due to potential conflicts of interest with his other ventures, such as Tesla and SpaceX. Nonetheless, OpenAI continues to pursue its mission of developing and promoting safe and beneficial AI research, and I am one of the many AI models that have been developed by the organization's researchers. Glenda, is Peter Thiel invested in OpenAI? Let's see what she uh, says here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Peter Thiel is, and she does not have this information, apparently. As far as I am aware, Peter Thiel is not an investor in OpenAI. While Peter Thiel is a well-known entrepreneur and investor in the technology industry, his investments and business ventures have not included OpenAI. OpenAI was primarily funded by a group of tech leaders, including Elon Musk, Sam Altman, and Greg Brockman, as well as a number of other prominent investors and philanthropic organizations. The organization has since received additional funding from a variety of sources, including corporate partners and government grants. Glenda, what government grants has OpenAI been given? Let's see uh, what goes on here. OpenAI has received a number of government grants to support its research activities. All right, let's uh, read those out. Here are a few examples. U.S. Department of Energy, DOE, in 2020. OpenAI received a $4.5 million grant from the DOE to develop AI systems that can help improve the efficiency and security of the U.S. electrical grid. The grant is part of the DOE's Grid Modernization Initiative, which aims to modernize and transform the nation's energy infrastructure. National Science Foundation, NSF OpenAI has received several grants from the NSF to support its research in the areas of machine learning, natural language processing, and other AI-related fields. For example, in 2021, the NSF awarded OpenAI a $10 million grant to develop new algorithms for machine learning and improve the performance and efficiency of AI systems. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA. OpenAI has also received funding from DARPA, the research arm of the U.S. Department of Defense. In 2018, OpenAI was awarded a $12 million grant from DARPA to develop new AI technologies that can help address national security challenges. Canadian Government In 2018, OpenAI announced a partnership with the Canadian government to establish a research lab in Canada. As part of the agreement, the Canadian government committed up to $50 million in funding over five years to support the lab's research activities. 
These are just a few examples of the government grants that OpenAI has received to support its research activities. OpenAI is also supported by a number of private investors and corporate partners, and its research has been widely cited and recognized in the AI community. So as you can see there, folks, I mean, look, we just were able to dig down a little bit. Now, we'll get back into the Peter Thiel connection um, later on in the show. But as you can see, now you know that Glenda here is a partner of the state. Well, we know the Canadian government. Then we could dig into other countries if we wanted to. But you see there $12 million from DARPA. And as we know, DARPA's been working on messing with the mind going all the way back to the 1970s. Now, finally, I'm going to ask her one more question because it's going to come up uh, later in this show, in this episode. Uh, and we'll see if she has it because this is something that's fairly new, I believe. And supposedly she cuts off in her research at about 2021. But let's just ask and see because it's going to come up in a future conversation here. Glenda, is Microsoft a major stakeholder in OpenAI? All right, now let's see. Yes, she does have it. All right, that's good to know, ladies and yes, gentlemen. Microsoft is a major stakeholder in OpenAI. In 2019, Microsoft announced a $1 billion investment in OpenAI, becoming the exclusive cloud provider for the organization. The investment was intended to support OpenAI's research activities and help Microsoft develop new AI technologies that can be integrated into its own products and services. As part of the investment, OpenAI agreed to use Microsoft's Azure Cloud Platform to build and test new AI models and technologies, and Microsoft agreed to license some of OpenAI's AI models for use in its own products and services. Since the initial investment, Microsoft has continued to work closely with OpenAI, collaborating on a number of research projects and initiatives. In 2020, Microsoft and OpenAI announced the development of a new supercomputer that is among the most powerful in the world and is being used to support large-scale AI research projects. Microsoft has also integrated OpenAI's GPT-3 language model into its Power Platform and Dynamics 365 products, allowing developers to build new AI-powered applications and services. Overall, Microsoft's investment in OpenAI reflects the growing importance of AI in the tech industry and the potential for AI to transform a wide range of industries and applications. All right, folks, so there, that's what I wanted to get at. So we're using uh, this chat GPT, Glenda, to do some research into the behind-the-scenes investors and partners inside OpenAI. And this can expand and expand and expand. There's dozens upon dozens of investors and players and companies and governments that are part of this. It's a huge project, right? So as we sit here and goof around with it and play around with it and use it as our sidekick, our little research assistant, uh, and your kids will be interacting with it in real time on their devices, I want you to know and understand that you have state money, uh, big companies like Microsoft, Bill Gates, behind this technology running on Microsoft's data centers, you know, their cloud computing. So it's important to know this. It's important to understand who is behind the technology that you are actually interacting with. Let's ask you one more question to wrap up this little mini conversation. Glenda, can you give me a list of the entire suite of products 
that are created under the OpenAI banner. Let's see if she can give us this. I'd be interested in this. Uh, OpenAI has developed a wide range of AI products and technologies that are used in various applications and industries. All right, Glenda, let's continue. Here is continue. a list of some of the most notable products and technologies developed by OpenAI. GPT, Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, Models. OpenAI has developed a series of language models called GPT, which are among the most powerful and sophisticated language models in the world. The most recent version, GPT-3, has the ability to generate human-like text and perform a wide range of language-related tasks. Codex. Codex is an AI system developed by OpenAI that can write code based on natural language descriptions. It has the ability to generate code in multiple programming languages, making it a useful tool for developers and programmers. DALL-E DALL-E is an AI system developed by OpenAI that can generate images from text descriptions. It has the ability to create highly realistic and detailed images of objects and scenes, and has been used in a variety of creative and artistic applications. OpenAI Gym OpenAI Gym is a toolkit for developing and comparing reinforcement learning algorithms. It provides a set of environments and tasks that can be used to test and evaluate different AI systems. OpenAI API OpenAI API is a cloud-based service that provides access to OpenAI's language models and other AI technologies. It allows developers to build AI-powered applications and services using OpenAI's advanced AI models. RoboSumo RoboSumo is an AI-based robotics competition developed by OpenAI. It involves small robots that compete against each other in a sumo-style arena, using AI algorithms to navigate and outmaneuver their opponents, spinning up. Spinning Up is an educational resource developed by OpenAI that provides a set of tools and resources for learning about deep reinforcement learning. It includes a series of tutorials, sample code, and other resources for developers and researchers. These are just a few examples of the many AI products and technologies that have been developed by OpenAI. The organization continues to be at the forefront of AI research and development, and is widely recognized as one of the leading organizations in the field of AI. So, folks, that's not an exhaustive list, right, of all of the spinoff products that come out of OpenAI, funded by DARPA, funded by the state, funded by the Canadian government, funded by Microsoft, funded by Elon Musk and Sam Altman of Y Combinator and others and others and others. So, as you can see, it's not just this cute little chat bot, all right? There is a lot behind this. It is big, and this is just one, one of hundreds, if not thousands, of these projects coming into the public now that are at the early stages of widespread adoption. And so you don't think that all these players got involved behind a little startup like OpenAI to help graphic designers design more logos and design more marketing material and help come up with graphics for websites. No, that's not the purpose, folks. That's not the purpose. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 